Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, a little information for you and the listeners. Uh, This is your trigger warnings. We're going to be talking about horror movies and horror culture, which could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse. There could be F-bombs and other such things. So uh, that doesn't sound like something you're interested in listening to now. Maybe take the time to pay yourself and come back. Or uh, otherwise, if you're down for that, uh, stick around and listen to us talk about all kind of fucked up shit. I don't know. Shower pits or whatever. <laughs> Today's guest is Eric Savino. He is a visual effects tech that's known for his work on... The Avengers, the uh, 2011 Conan reboot, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I'm a couple beers in now, so uh, it's going to only get <laughs> it more interesting. <laughs> I am also there a lightweight, go. so, you know, there you go. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is there anything you want to plug before we get into the meat of the interview? Well, uh, right now, currently, we're uh, I'm trying to open up uh, an Etsy store. So uh, hmm. it's a uh, it's Savvy Morph Industries on Etsy. Um, it's still pretty fresh, pretty new. Um, I'm slowly getting some product up there tonight. I should be uh, uploading all the uh, alien soaps that we're currently uh, working on. Yeah, there's a couple hmm. T-shirts and stuff on there too. Eventually, I'll get my mask and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, I'm like super ADD and I'm juggling like a million freaking projects. Cool. Well, this, uh, interview is more geared towards you, uh, as a fan of horror and different genres like that. Um, mm-hmm. less about your work, but I, I'm sure it'll come up, uh, as different parts of the interview as we progress. Yeah. We don't um, care about the shit you made. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your shit. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know what makes you tick. Mm. Oh, well, that that's a little scary, but that's what this is about, right? So, oh. yes. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to come at it uh, three different ways. Uh, similar questions, but covering your childhood, teenage years and adulthood. Um, you know, the idea is try to find out what it is about horror that you like. But coming at it from these different angles sometimes triggers memories you'd forget you've forgotten about. Um, that said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there are questions you don't want to answer, you just say, I'll pass on that one. We'll, we'll move on. All right. Um, but starting with childhood, what are your some of your earliest memories of scary things? Uh, 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 real, real or on film? Uh, there's, that, those are two Both. different questions, I guess, uh, generally at first, like just scary memories, things that really stick out in your mind all right here we go so um the earliest scary experiences i guess would be uh domestic violence mm. so yeah uh That's a real scare. <clears throat> so my mom met this guy total turned out to be a total piece of shit still is to this day first experience he burned me with a cigarette which you know he's claiming it's an accident whatever it was like you know i was like i'd have been like two or three. Maybe. I mean, I have very vivid memories back then, mostly of the scary stuff. That's that sucks. Uh, yeah. You know, that and, you know, He-Man, Masters of the Universe was my thing. So, <laughs> you know, that was kind of, I guess, my escapism. Um, yeah. So, this is, all right, now we're just entering two levels. So, He-Man <laughs> turned me on to, like, scary things as far as monsters go, because I was really, you know, rooting for the bad guys. Skeletor, you know, all those the guys. The bad guys in, in He-Man were just much more entertaining. Yeah, they're, they're fucking cool as hell, yeah. 
but then on the real side. So eventually uh, they got married. I don't remember the wedding. So I don't remember the wedding or anything, but I remember the, uh, you know, living in the apartment. So there was a lot of violence. I mean, I didn't know what Coke or marijuana was, but, you know, as I grew older, it's like, oh, that was a lot of that going on in that house, you know, all over the coffee table, whatever. But anyway, so, you know, he would beat my mother on a uh, many occasions. Okay. And I was a little kid. I couldn't do shit. You know, he just yelled me, go in my room. And I'd sit there. I didn't even have a door in my room. There was a window that went from my room to the kitchen came to the point where he went or uh, she went after him with a knife and that's when i eventually told my grandparents and they took me away uh and brought me to florida which i stayed for like 4 years that's another story but um that all that all stems from this you know domestic violence and abuse that mm. i i witnessed so and it built into my psyche unfortunately and now i still deal with it to this day um, those, yeah, those are the, uh, earliest scary moments that I remember. Yeah. A lot of our guests, I think we're on the 23rd session now and, and mostly everything has to do with, you know, um, scary movies you've seen or, or scary stories or shadows outside your window or, or no. that's, that's really one of the first, uh, real, real life terrors is yeah. violence, physical it, it, violence yeah. right there in real life. And you can't do, and you're totally helpless because you're too small and you don't really understand what's going on at the time. You know, yeah. I mean, like, uh, literally, I was like, I was walking. So I had to be like, I don't know, three or four, maybe. So that led into, you know, I went to Florida. Grandparents took me away from this. Um, and there was like this whole court thing. My mom tried to get me back, but she had to like, you know, get out of her situation. Um, but anyway, I was there for four years. But. I, I I was a very violent young child. And when I mean violent, and it was mostly towards women because that's what I picked up, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't do this stuff anymore. I've When I they, they put me away, they kind of suppressed all that. And, it, you know, I won't hit a woman ever. I mean, that's actually my shut off, you know, which uh, that's another story. So many stories connected to this. So anyway, I used to like, you know, if my grandmother was trying to put my toys away or whatever, you know, and I didn't want her to, I'd get crazy. I'd like black out and jump on her back, start pounding her in the skull. You know, this little kid is like Chucky, you know, mm. <laughs> but it's this little kid. So, I mean, clearly, you know, they couldn't handle it. My grandpa would come in and like beating my ass with a, um, with the leather belt or whatever, you know, and that was that. Eventually they put me in this place called the retreat. It was more of like, it wasn't really a loony bin. I don't think it was more of like a rehab hospital. <laughs> my grandparents take me to here right i've seen a few shrinks before all uh, they decided like oh we can't handle this we're gonna you know put them away for a bit uh so they take me to this place and we're doing this little interview in this office it was a gray office and they're like you know i'm walking around because i'm bored of this you know the conversations happen there and i'm looking out the door um into this courtyard and there's a pool and i like to swim and they're like you know they come up to me he's like oh you want to see the swimming pool uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Not knowing that I was going to get fucked. Okay. So, you know, we go look at the swimming pool and they're showing me around. Next thing I know it, I turn around, doors are locked behind me. My grandparents are walking away and I am stuck in this fucking place all by myself. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? You know, and, you know, as a little kid, you don't know what the, you know, ball out crying and shit. 
the strangers trying to comfort me or whatever. I think I was there for like two months. Uh, it was. And, uh, every time I would get violent, they would, you know, people would tackle me, right? Drag me into this tiny room, strap me to a bed, stick a needle in my ass that would, uh, I don't know what was in it, but it would, you know, it would sedate me, calm me down, you know, and then they would unstrap me when I was finally calm, but they'd leave me locked in this room for quite a while. So basically they, they suppressed everything through negative reinforcement. Okay. Right. So, I mean, years later, I, I've, I'm a very passive person now because I don't like to let that side out because it's mm-hmm. such a, uh, you know, it, it gives off, uh, I always get negative effect from it. So you don't want negative effects. Nobody does. So, right. uh, you know, but there are some instances like when we were talking about fighting and stuff, you know, if I'm pushed too far, I snap and I black out and I fuck shit up normally. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, that, that, that was, um, that was a lot of fun shit. Uh, that was sarcasm, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my only entertainment at the time was super Mario brothers. Um, and the game, not the movie that wasn't out back then. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, thank God. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you might still be in there. Yeah. I might still be in there. And, uh, and then uh, Back to the Future, which I watched on a fucking loop because they actually had, for some reason in this rehab, they did have horror movies or slightly scary movies with monsters, right? But they wouldn't let me watch it because, you know, my, I guess my condition or whatever. So it was Back to the Future and Back to the Future is my favorite movie. Hmm. Run that shit on a loop every day and I'll be okay. But, um, you know, but aside from all that nonsense, yeah, horror movies have influenced me as well. It was Godzilla was the first one, really, you know, uh, just that, you know, hulking monster destroying fucking cities. And it's yeah, talking like classic uh, black and white Godzilla. All or, of it. Or, all of it. Uh, we're, we're talking 70s Godzilla, classics Godzilla. The, you know, when did the first one come out? The 50s uh, or six? It was 50s, yeah. I think it was the 50s. Yeah. That dude was fucking cool. I was really into dinosaurs at the time. Like, you know, what, you know, a little kid in the 80s wasn't into dinosaurs. Um, mm. You know, and he was like the next big thing. And then, of course, you know, like everybody else, Freddy Krueger, uh, mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, um, yeah. you know, they were like my gateway drugs, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing, okay, because of, you know, my my temperament at the time, my grandparent, my grandmother still to this day is fucking terrified of me. It sucks, you know, but I try to tell her, like, I'm not like, I'm not that person anymore. I've grown. That's what the human experience is about. But, um. <laughs> excuse me anyway so but she would try to suppress all this stuff like i was always drawn to like monsters and horror and like gore sci-fi you know and crazy shit and she would always try to suppress she was a god-fearing woman we went to church every sunday you know um (laughs) funny funny little thing i used to get a kick i i have asthma or i had asthma when i was a kid and everybody knew All right, so we lost Eric's audio from a portion of the interview, but based on what Chris and I were saying, Eric was talking about getting teased by glimpses of horror movies from scrambled cable channels, and he made jokes about how the suspense was like edging, and yes, he means the sexual term, and he also mentioned buying a van to live in so he wouldn't be homeless. Um, But this is also a really good spot for me to take a moment and give you all a heads up as to something that happens later on the call. 
Um, Eric is a very talented storyteller, very detailed, and he knows how to keep you on the edge of your seat until the very end. Later in the call, he shares with us a story about his girlfriend dying and being brought back a couple times. At first, Chris and I wondered whether we should put an extra disclaimer because it's the first time on our show that anyone's brought up a discussion of a real life uh, passing, coming, and going. Um, but in the end, we opted to cut 90, 99% of that simply for the time limitations. Um, after losing some audio, the full length of our interview with Eric was still a whopping four hours, which we make available in full for our Patreon subscribers. So we said, you know, this is just a great moment to say if you want all the gory details from that story, uh, along with the other rest of the four hours of this interview and our other interviews that we make uh, available in full, um, come support us on Patreon. And at the same time, it helps us meet our time limitations and eliminated the disclaimer issue from cutting that on this. You know, we didn't really want to, but it just works out this way better. So now we'll pick up where we got back online. So we're back. We're recording. Um, last thing I remember, you were talking about uh, Hellraiser 3 scram scrambled. Yeah, edging. <laughs> fucking with edging. Are we done with edging? <laughs> It'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, getting busted for watching scrambled Hellraiser 3. Uh-huh. And my grandparents dumped me off at my, par my, my mother's house. So That's right. Yeah, you were talking about uh, your... And then your... American culture opening up to me. Yeah. So your grandparents showing a what's the word? Uh modus operandi. What is that? That's a new word. I think modus it's operandi? Italian. That's new to me. Uh I think it might be. Well, it's their MO, as you might refer to it in the crime uh Oh. Yeah, that's what uh, it's detective stuff. Oh, so that's what MO stands for. Oh shit. I learned something yeah. new today. The yeah. more you know. <laughs> No, their 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 pattern of telling you that you're going to go visit somewhere and then dropping you off and running. That's true. Yeah, that's the second time. I you know that never even occurred to me that there was a pattern. What? I didn't think. I don't <laughs> think about it that much. I'm just like that was my past. I deal with it and I move the fuck on. But yeah, yeah. yeah holy shit! What a connection. You're <laughs> a good therapist. <laughs> uh, you see things that happen twice. <laughs> So, actually it makes me wonder if they've done it other times they might have who who the fuck knows man i mean it's neither here nor there i mean they were doing the best they could i mean they're yeah, yeah. fucking old people they they go with what they were growing up with yeah um yeah 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 anyway so <laughs> uh they dumped me off at my mother whatever and mm. i meet the, the my my new my new stepdad who i eventually grew to just call dad because i didn't have one i am half Puerto Rican and half some white guy. I'm a product mm. of cocaine and whiskey. That's how mm. I was conceived at my mother's age of 17. So there you go. Good choices, Ma. Good job. So could have been worse. Yeah. I guess I, I, I am also a uh, surviving aborted fetus. So wow. I'm the one that she didn't get the, uh, that didn't get the coat hanger. <laughs> are, you, are you real life? Charlie Kelly? Who the fuck is Charlie Kelly? Never Always Sunny. Oh. He yeah, was... that happened in the show. He was, I do uh, remember uh, that. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. I forgot. I'm, I'm great with faces, bad with names. So, But yeah, I think I watched that episode. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Oh. You don't have a propensity to uh, bash rats with baseball bats with spikes on. Oh, yeah. no. Don't say that. Because I've totally <laughs> done that in my house. Oh, no. I had to. Because I was getting tired of the snap traps because they scare me because they snap on you sometimes and well, they yeah, make a mess. Startling. 
So yeah. I was like, well, let me yeah, like smash you. That doesn't make sense. Well, no, no, no. I had to. I had no choice. I had no choice. <laughs> but I'm saying it doesn't make a mess. No, 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 no. No, it makes much worse of a mess. I had but to, though, because I switch. See, when you, when you I, swing the bat, you see it coming. But, you know, Rat Trap goes off in the middle of the night. You're like, fuck, I just got woke up, and now I got to clean up some blood and guts? I mean, what? Yeah, well, no, here's the deal. I switched from snap traps to sticky traps just to try it out. It's like I knew there was a downside to him. I'm like, how bad could it yeah. be? Well, mm. the rat goes into the trap. He didn't get completely stuck. Yeah. His ass is stuck to it, and his legs are there. And I'm hearing in the middle of the night, flap, flap. <laughs> Flat, flat. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. He's still alive. And I'm like thinking it'll be easy. I'll just drown him like I did the first one because I didn't know how to kill him properly. Hey. And I don't take joy out of this. I hate killing animals. It's just there's so many rats in my area and they keep coming into this house. I have no choice. I've eaten fucking rat piss in my cereal before because oh. I, I didn't notice that they chewed through the fucking bag. Oh. Yeah. And I'm like, telling Jen, my girlfriend, I'm like, Man, this fucking cereal tastes like shit. What's is it stale? And she's like, and we're all eating it, not even knowing. Yeah. And then later on, we ate the whole fucking thing. Like, oh, it's just no. stale cereal. <laughs> and we, she goes in one day. She's cleaning and she looks at the bag. Is like motherfuckers chewed through the fucking bag. I was like, so you know they deserve a bat to the skull. Anyway, yeah. okay, yeah, justified. It's, if, it's, if you it's been to, good talking uh, to you. Thanks for being our guest. <laughs> <laughs> I am really a peaceful, I love life, I love living things, but sometimes, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, I'm sorry for any animal lovers out there. It was a horrible experience. I will never do it again, and I haven't to this day. I still have to kill them, but I won't use a sticky trap. I learned the hard way. It is awful, awful, awful stuff. Anyway, yep. how's everybody feeling? <laughs> And next week on Horror Makes Us Happy. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not a horrible person. I swear to Christ. <sighs> anyway. No, that was great. That was, that was a vivid and detailed uh, description. Yeah. I loved you. it. Every yeah. bit of it. My life is madness. Um, but, uh, yeah, so finally, you know, I, I get introduced to, like, rock and roll music, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, all that shit, you know. As soon as the, uh, I go there, you know, we get to see Terminator fucking, um, which I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. I saw Terminator 2 in theaters, blew my fucking mind. And I was like all into cyborgs after that, you know, and then the Borg oh, yeah. on, on Star Trek. And shit. Actually, my grandfather is the first one to introduce me to uh, Star Trek Next Generation when it first aired. And he's like, oh, we're in his garage, his little workshop. And he's, you know, hey, check this out. I'm like, oh, OK. Well, I wasn't that into it until the Borg came on. I'm like, fuck, yes, yeah, cyborgs. <laughs> but uh you know yeah, um, good. it was the 90s it's it was all the rage <laughs> eventually you know i got introduced to like heavy metal that was another one it's not really hard but it's like that movie i mean and the thing was is like my dad he was a pervert you know you know how <laughs> they have things hidden away i mm. found his porn early on and it was like holy shit i mean you can't really talk about horror i don't think without talking about sex drugs and rock and roll they kind of all go hand in hand, you know, I, in my opinion. And, uh, are not mutually exclusive. yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I found a, a copy must've recorded on beta or something on the VHS. I don't know. It was really scrambled, but it was a uh, heavy metal and just the opening with the guy in the spaceship, uh, in the, in the fucking uh, convertible car. Taxi? Yeah. Uh -huh. No, not the taxi. 
the opening, no, no, the opening going, the, he comes yeah, out yeah, on yeah. the space shuttle and the music's mm-hmm. going. He's all like, yep, I'm an yep. astronaut and I'm fucking cool landing on earth, you know? And I was like, dude, blew my fucking mind, you know? And then eventually like I was introduced to aliens and then I was on a whole Giger kick there. And, oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's just doors wide open Hellraiser, And I was fucking hooked and it just kept growing. And I was still, I wasn't away from that whole, uh, God fearing aspect. Cause I mean, Christianity is strong in the U S and my, my, uh, my dad's parents were, you know, uh, God fearing Christians. <laughs> so we eventually all lived together and like, well, you know, they were always trying to like, I got onto a whole decapitation kick for a while in my artwork. And okay. like, I, I like to freak people out. I, I was telling yeah. this story earlier, but I, I don't think I finished it. But when I used to go to church, I used to fake having a, a, an asthma attack in front of everybody in the congregation, like outside the church or whatever, and act like I'm dying and be like, oh, I can't breathe and collapse on the ground and convulse and shit as a little kid. And everybody would get around and watch me and be like, oh, my God, what do we do? And as soon as I got enough people, I'd get up and just start laughing because I liked their reaction. It was just funny to me to see how shocked they were. I mean, it's Can I just say for a moment? I was an asshole kid. Yes, what? And now you have COPD. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I do. I do have COPD because I smoked weed and a ton of cigarettes. I'm just making the the tie between you having this fake asthma. Oh, oh. Damn, he's a good therapist. He's right. Is that a little karma for you? Maybe. (laughs) Just maybe. (laughs) Shots Damn. That's a kick in the nuts. I never thought of it that way. Because I'm an atheist, I don't I don't think in those terms. But it's like, yeah, you know, maybe it's the <laughs> I mean, secret. I'm, I'm, you know, you, you put out negative vibes, they come back. If you put out positive vibes, <laughs> you get positive. I'm, you know? I'm not saying they're connected. I'm just saying it's amusing. Oh, it's very ironic indeed. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Let me ask you something because you know we have a long list of stuff here to talk about, even just in in childhood stuff of things that you liked uh related to horror and things like that but one of the the themes that i i hear coming up again more than once is the um the monsters mm-hmm. um and i'm wondering what it is i'm guessing there's some sort of an emotional kick you get out of the monsters um other than just excitement is there maybe like a relation to the monsters I don't know. I never really thought about it. I mean, like if you tie it into like when I was scare acting and I was the monster, I mean, mm-hmm. you got a sense of, you know, control and power mm-hmm. in a Ooh, sense that that's a good one. I didn't have control and power in a lot of these situations I was, uh, you know, put in. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you could say it was probably something like that. Um, you know, uh, like he's like, oh, they got you know, just like He-Man. You know, which is like, I'm, I mean, I, I'm obsessed. I got a fucking huge toy collection of fucking He-Man and shit. I mean, even uh, if you watch the toys that made us, they talk about that was the key element in He-Man is I have the power. And that's <laughs> what they saw in their in their test trials of the toy with these these boys, these uh, little boys, that uh, children not don't want to sound creepy or nothing. Right. They wanted the power, you know, and not their parents to have the power. And that's how right. the, the I have the power mm. slogan came to be. So, I mean, yeah, you could say it's probably something like that, I think. That makes sense, given, you know, the situations that you've talked about, about, you know, basically not having any power or control in the situation. Mm -hmm. 
Are you a therapist uh, by trade? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You're, you might want to consider it. There's a lot of money there, man. You wrote a book. Jesus Christ, you're good. I, I mean, I don't even have to pay for it, man. Half the therapists I've seen over my lifetime aren't as good as you so far. And we've only been doing this for like an hour or two hours now. Shit. <laughs> hey, and here's where it's good that you had to move locations because now you're on the couch. You can do the whole recline thing. I, I know. <laughs> it's like fate. <laughs> Let's go through the whole cliche. Now, Steve, to make it completely cliche, you got to throw in a few generic. Mm-hmm. And how did that make you feel? <laughs> we already talked about that empowered and, and yeah, like he had control yeah he says, right. they, you are they good. Don't, yeah he, he doesn't talk about it directly he comes at it indirectly to get yeah. you to say what's really on your mind well That's and funny. it's funny you say that because chris and i have had conversations exactly about that and and not even from a therapist point of view but just in an interview point of view uh you know even if you're you know on 60 minutes interviewing politicians and stuff you it's an interview thing that you try not to lead the person you're, you're asking questions to you. You really want to try to phrase a question neutral enough that it allows them to really answer on their own and not, you know, you're not putting words in their mouth. Exactly. Um, so, you know, yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> no, I, it's not something that I would probably even want to do for a living, but uh, I've definitely had my own experience. Um, when you were a kid, I know you said that you had, uh, difficulty making friends sometimes, but did you have any group of friends when you were a kid that, uh, were into sort of, sort of the same, same kind of things as you or no, not in terms of horror, not at all, man. Uh, well, I had like, I met a, I mean, this is probably why I'm anti people. I'm not, I'm antisocial to a point. Like I like to keep to myself a lot nowadays. But like I had I had groups of friends when I was little, but they were kind of assholes. There's like, you know, the bigger, older kid that's like wants to see you do fucked up shit and encourages it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that kind of shit. I remember having some friends when I was in New Jersey. That were into Ghostbusters, but nobody was ever into anything I was into. I was very I was always very isolated, kind of the loner deal, you mm-hmm. know, like even like my cousin is like my closest friend back then. And we hang out all the time, but we were like, you know, polar opposites. Like I was a little more outgoing. He was a little more shy, whatever, you know. Did you have any reoccurring dreams or nightmares when you were a kid? Absolutely. I had. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I was waiting for you to ask. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first one happened when I was living with my grandparents in in Hialeah, Florida. Um, Excuse me. It was weird. I actually wrote a a graphic novel based on these characters. Um, I got a first draft going. Um, where I'm in, like, it's kind of like an auditorium. You got bleachers. All right. And there's a woman in front of the bleachers at a podium. And she's got these black onyx stones coming out of her head, like horns. And there's like all these different characters, creature type people in the bleachers. And they're all, you know, chatting up like, you know, like, like, you know, when somebody says something shocking and everybody's like talking like, oh my God, I can't believe you said, you know. All at once, you mm-hmm. know. Rabble, rabble. Yeah, rabble, rabble. Exactly. And and I'm behind the bleachers and running around, and I got these fucking thing. I call them give ups now. These I, I I was able to interpret into drawing, and eventually, um, a teacher of mine from Full Sail, the school I went to, um, uh, uh, sculpted it for me as a gift. Um, and uh, she likes birds, and it's kind of a bird type creature, but it's like a humanoid form 
like a bronze beak and the rest of the head is feathers and he's covered in leather straps, claws. He's got fly wings for wings. You know, he's got these weird metal spikes shooting out of his back and he's got eyeballs that come out of his mouth. Kind of like the, um, God damn it. I forget her name. Beetlejuice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You know, which another movie that was influential. Holy shit. Was that an awesome movie back in the day? And they're flying around. There's a few of them flying around trying to, they're trying to peck my eyes out. They're trying to eat my eyes. Okay. And I'm trying not to let them mm-hmm. in my adult life. Now I barely dream, which is really disappointing. Like I don't get any dreams at all. So let's, uh, let's go over to teenage years. We had a, a lot of conversation about your childhood. What were some of the scary things that you enjoyed in your teenage years? I think you mentioned, uh, getting to see alien and Hellraiser. Uh-huh. Um, what else? Uh, what else did you get into in your teenage years? Uh, well, I also mentioned uh, Marilyn Manson was a big, uh, big influence at the time. The videos, mm. you know, Tool even with the video, it was a lot of the MTV stuff, you know, right. um, you know, the Tool videos. Even like uh, I like the, uh, I don't think, know if this is the title song that "Don't Come Around Here No More" by Tom Petty, the Alice in Wonderland bit where she's a cake. Those were a lot of influences. The music, especially. Because I was still trying to find, I guess, my identity. You know, I was just, you know, flown through. I mean, I started getting disenfranchised with horror movies after, like, watching Mimic, I think. Was it Mimic? No, 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 no. It was The Relic. It was The Relic. The Mimic Ah. was the thing with the bug people that turned into dudes. That was actually a cool movie. Uh, The Relic was okay, too. I was just a little disappointed in the monster. Um, Oh, come on. The Relic was awesome. I'd have, to watch, I'd have to watch it again. Monkey monster that ate people's brains and then they lit it on fire in the end. Yeah, I'd have to watch it again. It's been years, but I remember being like, ah. But uh, yeah, that was it. And then it was into drugs and shit. Oh, here's a horror experience. Again, this is real life. This isn't a movie. So, um, you know, I, I was telling you guys, I was, uh, in high school, I would uh, uh, get picked on whatever in the hippies. They brought me over to smoke weed or whatever. And, uh, we were having a party one night. Okay. Um, and we're getting, and the parents knew we were getting high. We're in the, we we're in the tool shed in the backyard, getting high. And it was, you know, a good night start to a good night. And we, there was an inflatable raft that was hanging over our heads in, in the, uh, in the shed. And we brought it down and we, we were hot boxing the shed, but then we hot boxed the raft too, you know, and we're drinking, we're drinking like crazy. And we're, you know, we're teenagers and, uh, yeah. getting, fucked up and you know i have asthma so i was like after a while i was getting so smoky he's like man i need a breather so i leave the shed and i'm outside it's nighttime and all of a sudden i I start pacing and i'm pacing in a circle going around and around and i you know i'm breathing i start hyperventilating and all of a sudden i realize something is wrong okay and my brain felt like like I got this explosion in my brain. Like somebody took a shotgun to my skull and pulled the trigger. Okay. And like it threw my body back. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then my brain would reform in my skull. And this happened several times before this happened. Some of the guys came out of the shed and they're like, Hey, are you okay, man? You feeling okay? And then all this shit started happening and everybody started freaking out. What the fuck is wrong with him and shit? They brought me into the house. They got the, the dad of the house and uh, he's looking at me. As he's coming at me, he turns into a Sasquatch, mm-hmm. okay? Like Bigfoot. I freak huh. out. I jump up and try to attack him. 
And he's like, he's got to go. I ended up turning it to Johnny Five from Short Circuit. And no, <laughs> no, disassemble, no, disassemble. <laughs> you know, because they were all talking, oh, he needs to go to the hospital. I'm like, I don't want to go to the hospital because then everybody's going to get in trouble. So there was still a part of me that was still fully there. And mm. I was freaking the fuck out. So they ended up taking me to my other friend's house. And uh, we weren't allowed upstairs. Uh, we always hung out in the basement. Um, his mother was uh, paralyzed, right? So he brought me to see his mom. <clears throat> he had to carry his mom down the stairs of the basement, bring down her wheelchair, put her in it. And all I remember when she came up to me, she holds my pulse. Her eyes get real big. And she's like, I can't believe you're not dead yet. Because my pulse was so high. And, you know, she ends up giving me like Ipecac syrup, which makes you throw up. Mm-hmm. So I could throw up all the alcohol. I threw up like neon green. And the end of the night, yeah. all I remember is watching Gallagher on on TV in the couch in the basement as he's smashing watermelons. The next morning, I woke up and I felt different. I was never the same again. There was like a piece missing. It's kind of like that movie Friday, you know, where where he smoked the weed with the angel dust, which is what we mm-hmm. thought it was. Actually, because we smoked it all, so we don't know. But they're like, "Oh, somebody put angel dust in the weed," and I, I, I think somebody fessed up to it eventually. Um, as a like, not I don't know if it was a joke, but it was like we had like laced weed. Nobody told me, so I wasn't prepared, and it totally fucked me up royally. And I was, but I turned straight edge for like three years because every time I tried to smoke weed, I'd have a flashback. Then the punks came into play. The punks came into play actually. After I got arrested, because um, you guys remember Columbine, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I used to get picked on a lot. I'm not saying what they did was good. Never going to say they, what they did was good. But a part of me could relate. Okay? So I watched the news religiously. And I was like, you know, because like somebody fucks with you, you know, Part of like the machine was like I was fantasizing about how I could kill all these people that pick on me, but you know it, it was all unrealistic ways. Like, oh, I could grow over them and smother them to death, or I could like crawl inside their mouth and like you know expand and like cause them to like rip open or some some weird unrealistic way of killing somebody because just the, the the sense of pain was you know more interesting to me. And then uh, you realize, anyway. wait a minute, there's a realistic way to do this. <laughs> yeah right hey. yeah no no, no. i would never, never in a million years shoot a motherfucker you know unless i absolutely was pushed to the point where i had no choice but i had to you know but uh, luckily and hopefully that day will never come um i don't want to deal with it i felt life i felt life slip between uh from my fingers before and uh it's a very traumatizing experience um i i <laughs> we'll get to this later but my girlfriend died and uh, I had to bring her back. Uh, she actually died three times on me. It was a lot of fun. But um, that's another story. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, the uh, anyway, so combine happened, whatever. Everybody's wearing trench coats at the time. That's just the fucking fashion. All right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, combine happens and we're all, you know, talking about it, joking about it as uh, douchey teenagers do. Ooh, shooting up the school. Boo. You know, and I like toys. I collect toys, whatever. We we cut school one day and, you know, we go to 7-Eleven and at 7-Eleven, I, uh, I think I either five fingered it, shoplifted it, 
or bought it. I don't remember, but I got this cap gun and I'm playing with it and I'm pulling the caps, but the, the, the little, the little cap rings were kept falling out because the thing would open up every time you shot it. It was a shitty toy. And at the time, because of Columbine, there were undercover cops in our town. Okay. And in the parking lot of 7-Eleven, there was a kid that was on the hood of a car while this car was like, like driving in a circle in the parking lot of 7-Eleven. And the cop comes out of uh, hiding as an undercover to, you know, scold this kid or do whatever his job was. And my friends are like, oh, shoot the cop, shoot the cop. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not shooting the cop. I'll, I'll get shot. You know, I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I mean, the cap gun had like an orange tip on it and shit, whatever. But anyway, we were hanging out uh, by the library in our lunches. And we're, you know, passing this toy gun around and joking around, shooting ourselves in the head, being stupid, whatever. And, um, and that was it. You know, I put the gun in my inside pocket of my trench coat and we go back to school. I totally forget I had the damn thing. Uh, you know, we're going in. I'm like the last person going into the high school and the bike cop that patrols the downtown area. He's wearing short shorts, like bicycle short shorts. And he's pulling his gun out at me and telling me to put my hands up in the air and against the wall. I totally why? forgot. I, I totally forgot why I had the thing in my pocket. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? What? Why? And then I, my eyes get big. I'm like, oh, shit. No, 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 no. It's fake. It's not real. I get slammed against the wall. They're checking me. You know, so they strip all that shit off me. They take me to the principal's office, talk to me, whatever. Next thing I know, I'm in the cop car. Um, and I ended up getting, uh, for a cap gun, I got um, two weeks in juvenile detention, five months of um, house arrest, and a year probation. Wow. They had to make an example. It was There was a protest for fuck's sake. Uh, it was partially about some policies at the school, but also of the arrest of me. Um, it was in the newspaper. Um, my friend Eric was telling me, because we were used to write letters, which I, I don't know if they, he got them all. Cause I was writing some fucked up shit to him. And like, it was like fucking Charles Manson type shit. Um, cause I was so pissed off at everybody for what had happened. And like, and I would write it and it would be nice handwriting. And then I'd like scratch, you know, like when I would feel pissed off at a, a idea I'm conveying on the paper and like kind of scratch the words like a crazy person. Maybe I am crazy. Who the fuck knows? Probably. I don't know. It's been a few times. I've been what was that. his friend's name? Anyway. Um, Eric, uh, Eric. I don't know if I should give his last name without consent or what. I wasn't asking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real cool dude, a real good musician. Um, we haven't talked in years, but, you know, I, we still call The reason I asked is, you know, one of the questions, the other questions that we ask is, you know, getting to the social element of uh, pros and cons of what might attract someone to be into horror is, you know, if you've got a group of friends who are also into the same kind of stuff. Um, and so I was going to follow up a question oh, about Eric and see if yeah. he was into the same kind of stuff or if you had Oh yeah, absolutely. Friends. This is when I met all the punks, um, uh, in our area with him. Cause he made friends with the punks at this point and he was throwing a party for me getting off a house arrest. And, uh, I worked at Wawa, uh, yeah, Wawa at the time before they were super Wawa. And, uh, I was, I had a car, but I was only allowed to drive the car to Wawa. Okay. So, um, on one of the times I said I was going to work. I got a copy of my car key. Okay. And, um, I was saving it for a special occasion. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, Oh, if I want to leave, I have an extra key. So they can't, cause I'd have to hand my key into my parents at night. Um, so this party happened. I was like, fuck, I don't want to walk all the way to Eric's apartment complex, which was like, you know, five or six miles away. Um, 
So, and even my dad, I told him, I'm going to the party. He's like, don't take that car. I'm like, okay. And I, I put the key in and <laughs> I just drive. <laughs> you know? I mean, of course, it's guaranteed you're going to take the car. When he says, don't take that car. I'm oh, fuck car. yeah, man. Fuck <laughs> yeah. So I'm at the party. They, but he, I guess in a way they were kind of cool because I was there for a, at least two hours. Okay. And I left um, to get cigarettes um, with some friends. And, uh, you know, we're drinking and shit. I wasn't that drunk, though, to, you know, to drive. And um, I get back from that little venture and Eric comes out or somebody comes out. And like, no, I think it was Eric because it was his house. And he's like, dude, you need to go home right now. I'm like, why? What happens? Like, your parents are fucking pissed. They're going to call the cops. And I was on probation at the time. Oh. And they're going to call the cops on you if you don't get it there right now. So I go home. They're sleeping. Nothing's happening. You know, I was like, okay, maybe everything's cool. I sleep. Next day, nobody's home. I'm like, oh, maybe everything's still cool. I didn't get a note or anything. And I start playing video games in the living room in my underwear. And uh, my dad comes home. What the fuck are you doing here? Oh, and get the fuck out of my And he kicked me out of the house. Huh. And it was my first time being homeless. That was that. Why was I mentioning all this? We were talking about, oh, friends. Eric was into black metal, Satanism. He was all into the uh, Levian Satanism. And he was always trying to convert me, but I'm like, nah, I'm not, I don't really follow any of that. Was I'm it like, just Eric or did you have other group of friends? Yeah, there was a whole bunch of us. Produce, Crazy Chris, Glow, um, Kristen, um, fucking uh, Candace, who's got like 13 kids now. And she's cool. He was a cool chick. Um, fucking, they're all awesome. Um, Mike, Mike, um, whole bunch of people. Um, yeah, we just party fuck shit up. Were they party friends or like horror fan friends? Uh, party friends mostly. It wasn't really like the horror element was there, but it wasn't like the central part. It was more of the music and the culture of the time. I was just about you to say, it mean? sounds like, you know, from the, the horror stuff that you're referencing, I was going to say it almost sounds almost incidental compared to the music. Um, and I'm actually even wondering, you know, for the teenage portion of your life, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that you were so much a horror fan in that part of your life as much as the music fan, you know? I was more of the music fan. The horror mostly came in my uh, younger younger days and it reemerged as a fright, uh, as a scare And that makes sense. You're not older. the only person that, I it's, mean, you know, had, uh, you know, impact in the early years and then you delve into other things in your teenage years and then come back to it in the adult years. That's, yeah. that's stuff that we've heard from other people as well. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as the film aspect, not so much, you know, it, I was more of the eighties horror fan, uh, poltergeist, I think was in the eighties, right? All that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound like horror actually made you happy during your teenage years. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I still drew horrific things and created my own horror, you know, from what it sounds more to me like you uh, had other forms of macabre and dark happiness that also just happened to include horror. It wasn't yeah. like a main influence. It was just like, yeah, it's there, too. Yeah, pretty much. Gonna, pretty much. But like sorry, I was going to say, I'm going to guess, uh, you know, with the drawing of your own artwork and stuff like that, it was probably the same. Uh, you know, empowerment and control aspects from that we mentioned in, in your earlier years too, or was there some other element to it that, yeah, other than those things? Uh, no, that's, that's probably just the gist of it. I mean, 
I was ridiculed a lot by the high school staff for my uh, art style. I, I have a, a drawing I did. It, I mean, Hellraiser was a big influence, right? And it was a girl that all the skin from the back of her head was missing. And there were these hooks and wires pulling the rest of her face back. And then she's got like a hook, uh, a ring through her tongue, pulling it out and all these de- demons and shit coming at her. Um, and I did a Photoshop rendition of it too. And uh, my teacher thought it was good enough to put on the, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the hallway. Principal got so pissed off at that shit. Cause it was gory. Uh, he made it put it all the way in the back of the display case. Uh, we used to have during Halloween. What an asshole. Yeah, he was a dick. During Halloween, uh, we would all make Halloween pictures that would go that we would create recreate on windows downtown for the Halloween parade for Tom's River. Okay, <laughs> so my first painting was a demon in a church, and he's emerging from flame. And at the time, I was a big Spawn fan, so like Spawn was a big horror thing. Uh, fucking Lady Death. All yeah. right, more in the comics. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so I make this demon come out of fire. I had the Mother Mary uh, in the right hand corner, eyes bleeding. The 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 stained glass window behind him is shattering. Bats flying. You know what? Uh, Over the top shit. Mm. And the window they assigned me was behind the news van. Of course. <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to see this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll give you a spot. We'll give you a spot. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, won't be visible from anywhere. So, but. Yeah. So the second year, I was really getting into the story of this uh, machine character I was creating. I have a, a rough draft script made of that, too. One day I'll get to it. We'll see. Um, but uh, I did this. It was even bigger. And actually, um, that, that picture I showed you, uh, uh, Whitman, was yeah. um uh with the machine hovering over all the mangled bodies and shit huh. i did a, a a rendition of that for the um for the store windows and i got it and they put yep. me out in the open but they put me on a side street and then the one year the final year i did it it was a vampire bat and and even my 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 <laughs> the art my art teacher had to pull me aside He's like hey can you not do any of uh I mean, we'll put you out this year, but can you not do any of this graphic, gory, sexual stuff? So I created this vampire bat, and he's he's got his victim, but the victim's in um um in silhouette, rib cage okay. ripped open, and he's got a and the vampire bat's there got you a, go. that's, a that's a good of, way of doing it. That yeah. way you have the gore and the graphicness, but you but it's can't not really tell exactly. And and he's got a piece of meat hanging out of his mouth, right? And it's really cool. And it was the first painting I actually finished. Okay, and I was real proud. I was like, ah, I finally won the thing. And there was a contest too every year of who would be the winner of of the best painting, right? I, that mm. year I lost to Winnie the fucking Pooh. What? Yeah, and, and it was funny too because I think that girl was hitting on me the, the whole time, <laughs> and I didn't pick it up until like a year later when I thought about it because she's like inviting me to her parents' house to have pizza with them and stuff, and I did it just did not click because we were right next to each other the whole time, and I'm like, oh man, she was hot, but <laughs> I was like, damn it, opportunity <laughs> lost. But Fucking anyway, me. <laughs> so I, the, after the, everything's over, the parade's over, I go to get my painting off the window. It's on paper. Some motherfucker during the parade cut the head off my vampire bat. I'm sorry, and what? They cut the head off my vampire bat to keep for themselves or whatever. Or just, wow. And they pissed me off because it was my first painting I finished, right? And I just got pissed on it, ripped it up, and just threw it in the trash. Like, motherfuckers. 
you know <laughs> so i don't even think yeah. i have a sketch of it anymore actually wait no i might have the uh the smaller painting of it somewhere i don't know <laughs> so let's jump over to adulthood um wait, wait one more thing oh. halloween we were about halloween did we cover halloween, halloween in adolescent years did you did you uh Adoles- oh fuck yeah man all right really quick halloween yeah, yeah 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 it's it's an integral part because i didn't have halloween as a kid really um so i was like the crow one year um terminator oh. another year you know but Ooh. it grew it, later in my teenage years that's when i got introduced into the entertainment department of six flags great adventure because when i was doing the game stuff when fright fest came around i didn't know it was a thing and i was like what the fuck is this this is awesome you know so the next year when i found out what it was the next year i fucking i uh i signed up you know but you had to go through auditions which in the you know in hindsight they were really bullshit because they really fucking just hired everybody (laughs) yeah but you know i thought it like the first year i was like oh man i i want to get this part i hope they pick me you know you know eventually i got the part and i uh, at the time you were able to create your own characters which was cool so my first character was satan's little helper um had top hat horns oh dude i got so many scares and it was really bad makeup and shit but like all right it's time to go fly or die and i just (laughs) i just fucking winged it and it just fucking took off and like people loved it you know started with like dead stairs and then kind of jumping up at until i it evolved into more of like an animalistic thing where i would crawl i would run like a dog on all fours at people you know coughing up pus and shit um and fucking um this is when you were doing what costume the uh satan's little helper no satan's little helper was earlier on this is more in my 20s when i was uh growing because i did this for like uh six or seven years before right. I initially got fired. <laughs> so <laughs> intentionally, intentionally I got fired. Um, How do you intend- well, well, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. you'll, you'll, we'll get to that. We get we'll to get to that's that. another tangent. We'll get to that one in approximately 45 minutes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, there was Satan's little helper malice, who was a dead serial killer, all that kind of shit. Um, and that was my Halloween's in my yeah. later teen years. Um, Would you say there was a favorite costume of all the ones that you did? Uh, during that time, I'd say um, for me, it was Satan's little helper. Anyway, adulthood now. Yes, <laughs> sure. Yes, doctor. yeah. I think we can move on to adulthood. <laughs> I think we thoroughly covered uh, yeah. adolescence. So, and I know that you're, uh, you know, then moving into your professional work, but setting aside the professional work and just focusing on what you enjoyed as a fan of horror. What were some of the scarier stories or books or movies that you came across in your adult life that really impacted you uh i think i don't know if you would consider it horror it was but it was a clive barker book a magica it was the thickest book i ever goddamn read holy shit i mean i wasn't just focusing on books you know movies movies too Uh, that's a hard one because like i was doing like in my adult life early adult life i was doing a lot of drugs (laughs) (laughs) so i was really concerned (laughs) about horror stuff um it's really a blur. Holy shit. That'll happen. I don't know. We went to the limelight and we did a lot of drugs. I, I got to, I was at a, a private art show for H.R. Giger in the Fuse Gallery in New York. And I got to see a lot nice. of his work. I mean, that's, that's very you know. influential. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Except what, you know, after this encounter, I learned to like speak up when I should. I still get a little, uh, shy around celebrities but like i looked him in the face about to talk to him but i couldn't get mm-hmm. courage and i turned to my friend to get courage and i turned back and he's yep. fucking gone 
And the people he was talking to, I'm like, where'd he go? He's like, oh, he was tired. He went into the cab. Because everybody was up his ass that night because it's fucking yep. H.R. Giger. Normally, I would say, you know, whatever comes to the top of your mind. And so far, only two things have come up. Magica and Geiger. Because, like, from 2000 to 2002, I want to say, it was a blur of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I was going to shows. I was doing coke. I was going to the limelight every weekend, um, dressing up crazy. and then, So still more um, into the music than the art. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, At any point, did Marilyn Manson pull up in a giant bus and ask you if you like his UFO? <laughs> References. No. I just- no. Reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hung out with KMFDM for a while. Yes. Um, yeah, I can't help you there. I'm sorry. I'm now, and now it just... Takes- <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we had like 215% content for the first... And then, yeah, and then just uh, I don't know, drugs. It just died. <laughs> yeah, I, I was more, I was more like engaging in horror than just taking it in, because like I took it in for mm-hmm. two decades, basically. Would you say in adulthood it was more like uh, don't dream it, be it. You know, is that a reference? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was Rocky Horror, folks. For those who yeah, don't it was. Know. Yeah, that, that's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, which influenced uh, you know, partially my drag persona. That I carried off in the early 2000s, I would think. But it was more like, mm-hmm. let's be the horror. Yeah. You know, like drag, I would drag my body for eight hours, you know, covered in KY jelly and blood, half naked, you know, scaring people. And that was before I got into horror. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, like I said, I mostly just, I, I was, I became the horror, you know, so it was mostly the Six Flags stuff scaring people. I, I met my makeup artist friend, Tony uh, Mandel, who's the director of, Midnight Mass. Um, it's a good movie. Um, it was a lot of fun, man. That movie was so fucking fun to be in. So it sounds like you uh, uh, definitely were starting to put together a group of friends who were uh, co-conspirators. Yeah, until it dissipated. I mean, you know, one, one went into the other. and Oh, here's a good horror movie. Adult Life, you want to talk about? Uh, somebody actually reminded me of it. And I was like, oh, man, that movie was awesome. Life. Huh. You remember that movie okay. Life with but, Ryan Reynolds? The, the space one? The space one with the little yeah. alien. Crawls into you know your what? body and eats you from if, the inside. If you watch that, that as a horror up. movie, like basically the same level of science and logic as a Friday the 13th movie, but it's in space, then yes. But I'm sorry, I fucking <laughs> hated it because there's so many things like, oh my God. hey, we're in space. Let's get the flamethrower. What? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you sometimes you just gotta ignore certain yeah. things. Oh not now that it, it popped in my head, we're talking about space horror. Event horizon. There you go. Do you see? Do you see? <laughs> and 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 in the mouth of madness. Yes. Yes. That's right? one. Do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> yeah. And then um of course, you know, the Rob Zombie movies, Have you seen uh Three from Hell yet? I tried. I'm yeah, me too. Another try. It was a little. It was a little harder to watch. But I mean, I, I, I can give it another chance. I, I mean, I love his shit. I uh, yeah. the uh, even people might hate me for this. I'm not a big fan of remakes, but there's some remakes that I think are acceptable. Like I liked the uh, Halloween remake that he did. I also liked his Halloween remake. Even didn't absolutely hate the second one. I don't know what the fuck was up I, with I, that stupid horse, but. 
A lot of people didn't like the second, second one. one. Uh, but my favorite remake was uh, Dawn of the Dead. Just yeah. opening alone, right? Was fucking amazing. What about it? With, mm-hmm. Well, it's just Johnny Cash, the man. Uh, when the man comes around or whatever. Yeah. And 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 and, and it's just cuts to like. People fucking tearing people apart, like things are falling, and like, but it's it's a it's an easing, like you know they got the the close up like viruses or whatever, and like yeah. people praying, and it's like it's the fucking apocalypse, and it's just the set, it just it's it. I some people hate it, I I love it. I think it's a yeah. masterpiece. I'm, I'm missing I'm missing something. What about it was awesome to you? The the chaos and the just the world dying was awesome to me watching it. I always liked seeing like I, I used to say to myself, I would love to see the apocalypse as long as I get to survive it. Well, yeah. Like just to watch it. Just to watch it happen. I mean, but now, you know, with like the last four four years or whatever, I think I, I take that comment back. <laughs> you know, right? Like I'm like once we're starting uh, to get a little bit of a taste of the reality of it. Yeah, I'm like, no, this sucks. Uh, maybe this, not. No, this maybe is not. not cool. I, I I'm totally wrong. <laughs> so I want to go back to something for a second because you uh you mentioned three times now something that I want to ask about. So okay. Your dream in your childhood, the woman at the podium, the things that were flying uh mm-hmm. trying to eat your eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scary stories to tell in the dark, the woman with no eyes. Mm-hmm. Event Horizon. No eyes. What's what's your, what's what's your thing with eyes or losing them? I don't know. I guess because I'm a visual person, maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I would I probably, I probably would kill myself. No <laughs> lie, if I lost my eyes or my hands. Honestly, dude, I have had the same thought—not suicidal, but just like, like yeah. dread of I don't know what the fuck I would do. Yeah, but often as well, if you're creative, it's like, holy shit, what if all of a sudden I couldn't see? It's one thing to have been blind your entire life, and draw or paint or or write stories or whatever, but if you seen before and you suddenly lose your vision oh dude i will tell you out of experience i will tell you out of experience it's the most horrific thing you will ever experience one of the most horrific i'm sure there's worse but for me it was most horrific i woke up blind once and i was terrified was was moonshine involved no what happened was i I was drunk of course um (laughs) but i came home and at this time, my my friend Tom and I were roommates. He he let he I slept in the living room. He was more a little more antisocial than me, so he stayed in the bedroom. And I passed, and I had my uh, my bondage bed that my grandfather helped me build. Yes, I wait, what? That. Oh yeah, my grandfather <laughs> helped me build a bondage bed. What? Okay. Yeah. Do we want to go on this tangent, or should I continue? Uh, we'll circle back to it. Maybe <laughs> circle back to it. It's yeah. a funny story, really. I love it. Sure, it is. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I slept in my bondage bed, and I, I guess I came home and I passed out drunk. Okay, and I woke up the next morning. Ah, and so there I, was moonshine involved. No, it wasn't moon. I don't even know what I was drinking. I was really partial to um, Smirnoff Ice at the time, Ugh. which I swore. Oh yeah, exactly. I swore off the shit after I had the worst hangover ever from drinking it too much. I, I, I couldn't see. My head hurt, but it wasn't like blindness. It was like. The light just hurt my brain. Right. And everything I put in my mouth, I would throw up. Anyway, so I wake up. I'm completely blind. All I see is like I was like white, right? 
and I'm I start screaming for my 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 roommate, and I'm at I I fall out of bed. I'm crawling on the floor, and I finally get up, and I'm trying to find my way to his bedroom because I don't know if he's sleeping. I'm like Tom, Tom, I can't fucking see, I can't fucking see. And he gets up out of the room, and he looks at me. He's like motherfucker, you fell asleep with your contacts in. I, I had whiteout contacts, mm. uh, <laughs> and, and, and like, they shifted, and the white part was over your pupil. Yeah, the calcium buildup. Yep. And I didn't know that this was a thing. And he's like, dude, is like, that happened to me all the time. Take your contacts out and wash them and you'll be able to see again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the relief of knowing that I wasn't permanently blind. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. There is a God. Holy shit. You know. <laughs> I, you know, I actually think there's, I asked you a minute ago, what what's your deal with the, the fear about losing your eyes? I. I think I might know an answer, but I wanted to prompt you first to see if you might think of the same thing or something even different. But, uh, I mean, we've had a, a running theme in the conversation about empowerment, uh, and, and control and yeah. losing your hands or your eyes Is or worse, both. Uh, yeah, you, a huge loss of control or power. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you think about if you lose your hands, you can't wipe your own ass anymore. Yeah. Well, particularly the thing with the eyes, um, we haven't really talked about it too much in this call, but, uh, I, I have some, some stuff in common with you about the domestic violence and different things like that. And, uh, mm -hmm. one of the things about that is a lot of the, I can't say this for everybody and I'm, I'm only guessing in your situation, but a lot of the people who are abusers like that, they thrive on uh, keeping their victims off balance and, uh -huh. and without eyes, it's really hard to tell what's coming, you know? How, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it, yeah. because a lot of the times the signals are not, uh, audible, shall we say? Oh yeah. No, it's a visual or, or, uh, my, my dad used to make fun of me for this. Um, cause I was more in tap with it, I guess when I was younger as a teenager, but, uh, the energy, that you would feel from a person, the vibe. I mean, I was terrified. The motherfucker once, he was on Coke. I actually was trying to bring this up earlier. Uh, and he looks at me, <clears throat> and I always spent my time in the room. We were in the middle of the fucking woods in an old Boy Scout camp, writing this house, right? I didn't really have a way of making friends. There was no internet back then, you know? So I spent most of my time in my room, and he wanted me out doing stuff. It's like, oh, I wander in the woods for a little bit, but that gets old after a while. Um, and he, he's looking at me all fucked up, probably. I don't even know. And he's looking at me, and, and we're at dinner. And he's like, I'm 13. And he's like, why don't, you know, what's wrong with you? Why don't you go out and do something? You know, go get go get laid. Go do drugs. Do something. But get the fuck out of the house. And he's like, what are you, a coward? And, you know, he asked me a question. So I look at him like, no. And he goes, what? And grabs back my head and bam smashes my face into my dinner plate. My two front teeth go in the back of my mouth. They didn't fully come out. They like hit the roof of my mouth, blood everywhere. My mom comes out. What the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. Blood all over the floor, which added to the murder stains that were there from uh, the people that used to live in the house. We could get on that too. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we went away for a little bit and, you know, nothing really happened. Oh, we went to therapy for a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. And but right. But my point is without a pair of eyes, it's a lot harder to see that kind of shit. You know, well, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was saying is, I mean, you can still feel the energy, but the eyes are like a window to the soul, as they say. So like, you know, you're looking at one person's eye, you could, you know, kind of pick up their energy signal. 
Yeah. Sorry to go go off on a tangent on that. Uh, oh, dare you go off on a tangent? We haven't done that once this whole episode. You're right. You ruined it, Steve. Uh, this is the tangent episode. You're right. Shit. Um, so was there anything in, in, uh, in your adult life in, in the real world that scared you? The most terrifying moment of my adult life is what I brought up earlier is, uh, when my girlfriend died. Oh, that's right. You oh, yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, yes. About that. Yes. That was the most terrifying. It, it's made me more of a sympathetic person in some ways. It's like, um, I imagine it would gives you more I, respect for life. Oh yeah, I had PTSD for like two years. I mean, I probably still do. It's just not as bad. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, what uh, what tr- what behavioral changes may have. Uh, come we're from this. we're a little bit more hypochondriacs now, both of us, um, for it. Every little thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it's okay. You know, the o- the only weird, scary things that happen to us now are the occasional ghost we see, which I don't really believe in, but I'll say it. Um, I've had some weird shit where um, we have this guy in our house. Our house is almost 100 years old. Um, and there was another instance with ghosts in California, my California apartment in, in North Hollywood. I didn't have any furniture in the house. All I had was a couch and a blow-up mattress in the bedroom. I stopped sleeping in the bedroom because I felt uncomfortable in the bedroom. I don't know if it was the wall of mirrors. I always felt like something was watching me. So I go... And I would sleep in the living room, but away, staring away from the hallway that went into the bedroom. And there was also, I used to see a black cat in the corner of my eye while I was in the bathroom. I would shit with the bat, the door open because there was nobody in the house. It was like my house, you know, yeah. like, whatever. And I would see just this black cat sitting there and I'd look and he'd be gone. I, I, I rationalized that as I had a black cat in Florida that I had to leave abruptly to do this job. I left my girlfriend in Florida to do this job because it was a once in a lifetime deal. And I was like, Oh, I just missed my black cat. You know, Prometheus was his name. It was an awesome cat. And, uh, I just have, I couldn't explain the dude, but I never told him. And, and, you know, she would stay in this apartment by herself all night and, you know, dark late at night. And I come home and she'd tell me about this figure. She'd feel watching her. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> hmm. It's like, that's a little weird. Still don't believe. Cause I, I like, it's, if you see it, it's like you see it, but you don't see it. Like it's there, but it's not. It's really yeah, weird. like out of the corner of the eye, or you know, the, yeah. the shadow figure across the hallway, like you said. Yeah, yeah, very strange. So your cat was named Prometheus. Yes, he was a cool cat. Prometheus did what? Stole or did he? Um... He uh, he brought technology to man, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which symbolizes what? Oh God! Here comes the therapy. I don't know, man. <laughs> I didn't go that deep. What is that symbol? Power. Power. Oh. <laughs> yep. Right back around to the power and the control. control. Yep. Yep. Steve, oh you should write god. a book. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. You are a fucking dude. I think you could make bank as a therapist, dude. You are fucking <laughs> on it. Holy shit. That's wait, 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 wait. You didn't, let, you didn't name your kid after the movie, did you? No, the movie wasn't out then. But I mean, I could agree with this whole control thing because I know for a fact that I'm a control freak, man. And like, I a part of me hates it. Part of me hates it because it's like, oh, you're kind of a douchebag, you know? Right, makes sense. So at the end here, we got a couple uh, a couple more general questions that uh, you know are more like over your entire life. Um, 
sometimes they'll bring out new things that we haven't talked about, or they'll just uh, underline things that we've already talked about. Um, I'm going to guess it's probably going to be the last. I know the answer to one of them already. Um, huh? Well, he already knows the questions, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Do, do I know the questions? No, oh, yeah. Chris does. Uh, yeah. Chris does. Yeah, he's, no. he's done a few of these with me. You you call him Chris, I call him Whitman, because our mutual friend Sarah, that's all she refers to him as is Whitman. I actually yeah. think it's kind of cool. I like I like calling him Whitman. <laughs> it's more original than Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've called him that plenty of times in the past. It uh it all depends. I have um, many names. Chris, Whitman, Old I Scratch, go by many you know. Names. Dickhead, <laughs> asshole. <Yeah>. All of those. <laughs> um so I'm going to ask two questions. One is what's your favorite movie? And then the other one is what movie have you watched more times than any other? Well, there's more than one favorite though, isn't there? Hey, give us top three. Top three. Okay. That sounds good. Well, number one and the most frequently watched is back to the future. Okay. All three of them. Um, But that's the most movie I watched, but the other two I'd say is alien and Hellraiser, alien series and Hellraiser for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think back, back to the Future. You said that was in the hospital. Yeah, that was the one movie that was a lot. It was only the first one. This is before two or three even came out. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's yeah. some. Uh, I think you even said that it helps you calm down. I think. Oh yeah. It's a, well, it's a nostalgic thing at this point. It's like oh, well, that too. Do you see any common threads about what kind of horror you like? You know, cannibalism, occult, metaphysical. I'm gonna say metamorphosis, actually. Ooh. Like body horror? Yeah, because I like the fly. Yeah. Body horror for sure. Yeah. And also like if I look at my stories that I've written, like the machine, he he's actually he he's a morphing kind of guy. Like he could change shape like Mystique. But okay. before Mystique was introduced, the first person that was introduced to me or that did this sort of thing was on the X-Men cartoon series Morph. Before he mm-hmm. died in the series, right? Nobody remembers Morph. They always nope. remember Mystique, but no. Oh, yeah. Morph. yeah. It was Morph yeah. first for me. Right. I was introduced. And I was like, oh, to you know, to be able to transform and, and that is the theme of my life. Cause I mean, I'm in I I've I've done prosthetic makeup and stuff. I've been in prosthetic makeup and it's a source of transformation. Um, and you can see that in in uh the fly. You can see it in a way uh with uh, uh Hellraiser with like uh mm. Dr. Chenard or even Frank. His transformation from coming back from hell. Oh, um, I love that transformation. That's a fucking great transformation. Um, even in Alien. Any idea why? Okay, let, me, let me try that again. Yeah. Any <laughs> idea why it is that you like metamorphosis? That's a really good question. I never really thought about it. I mean, a part of me, maybe it's because I don't want to be who I am. But at the same time, I love who I am. Because despite all this crazy shit, it's a crazy fucking ride. And nobody has lived this ride, but me and I kind of, I take the good with the bad and it's, it's just fucking amazing that I'm not dead yet. It's a good ride. But at the same time, it's like, if you can change into anybody spontaneously, right? You could do anything. You could like take over somebody else's, um, uh, life for a day. You know, you could rob banks for fuck's sake. You know, you could kill people. What have been the two key words for this call so far? Control. It's a and yeah. power. And power. Okay. So you're right. <laughs> this motherfucker here. <laughs> God damn. I, I just 
this is just making painting me as an asshole now. He's no, like, he's no. just a control freak who wants some power. What a douche. No, not at all, really, because I mean, given the situation that you talked about. So I do you know anything about early childhood development? A little bit. So if you if you know in general, then you know there are early there are different phases of the things that are important to us, the things that we need as children mm-hmm. at different phases. And you know, having the that development interrupted or halted at different phases has different, you know, causes different shit. Um, and so, I mean, given the conversation that we've had, it makes complete sense that, you know, you would have issues with that stuff that, you know, things didn't get resolved that have had lingering effects. Um, so I'm not saying that you're a douche or an asshole. I mean, (laughs) or, or that if you, if you are, it's because of the shit that you've been through. Um, yeah, but that doesn't make it okay. I mean, you still have Well, to- but here's the thing. So there's yeah, a difference between wanting to do something. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's a difference between wanting to do something and doing it. Um, and, of course, if you act out on behaviors that you know you shouldn't act out on, then that's not a good thing. But mm-hmm. it's you're not a douche for necessarily wanting to do something. Um, or let me rephrase that. You're not necessarily a douche for wanting to have control if all your life you've felt that you've been out of control. You know, that's not, that's not a douche. Right. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> not saying you're not a douche. You're just not a douche for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh no. I could Brother totally me. be a douche. You have no idea, dude. Uh, so <laughs> like, last question. Um, yeah. You know, there could be any number of other things that could trigger these kinds of uh, uh, emotions or desires for, you know, control or uh, metamorphosis or um, what was the other one? We said power. Mm-hmm. Um so why horror? Because I mean, you could, and I think you did say that you do enjoy some of it in like uh, sci-fi, but you know, even, you know, like action adventure, you know, you could have, you could be in control of the car demolition, you know? You're, you're right. You're right. But there is an underlying feeling within me. I recognize and I don't act upon it. And this is the difference between horror, watching horror and being horror. Okay, is I have uh, this pit deep in my chest of pure, unadulterated hate and anger. It's suppressed from when I was locked up away a long time ago. All right, I don't like I don't let it out because that's just how they I was trained. It comes out when I'm pushed too much. Watching horror, watching horrible things happen to other people. Is a like even with Columbine, I was watching the news all every fucking day. All right, I got bullied too. I related with these people, and I said, "Hey, you know, um, I could fantasize about that. I have, I have fantasized about it. maybe not shooting up the place, but something to that degree where I want to kill these people who keep fuck with me." But watching horror is able to like stand back, enjoy the fantasy, not just in your head, but out in front of you, without repercussion. And at the end of the day, realizing it's just a movie, it's just a book. I would never act on the impulses, but the watching, like I like for instance, like this is not horror related really, but Independence Day. My dad, I remember him looking at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Because I got excited the first time I saw Independence Day, and this wasn't in theaters; this was at home. And they blew up the cities, watching everybody die. 
instantly. Not even instantly. Like slow, it was slowed down. Like this wall of fire and cars flying up, and you know everybody's obliterated. Their body, their corpses are on the fucking ground, and they're done. You yep. know, and it's like, what if the world ended tomorrow? And I'm also trying to think to myself: Are there any other genres that really touch on anger with even without? the accoutrements that you're just talking about there of, uh, you know, is there any that really touch on anger per se? And I'm not coming up with any, maybe war. Uh, that's, that's different. Like I'm not into war. I'm not, isn't that funny? I'm not into war. I'm not into combat. I mean, when the towers fell, my first thing my dad said was, Oh, you're going to sign up for the army. And I said, fuck no. As soon as I get off that plane, I'm dead. You know, it's like, I'm a shitty shot. I'm not that athletic, you know, and I didn't want to fight for certain people mm. uh, in the country. I was like, I have my principles, whatever. Um, and I just don't feel like killing other people. Like no matter what the reason is like, unless there was no other option for me, I'm not going to kill a motherfucker. You know, I might knock him out, you know, I'll beat the shit out of him. And even that I probably wouldn't even do. I'll find another way to not invoke violence. Mm. You know, it's kind of interesting. That I mean, with the you know war movies or, or specific fighting uh, movies, I, I I think what I'm he- hearing out of that is that you know in a lot of those you have a specific target, and yeah. it sounds to me like you know with horror like even Independence Day that you just mentioned, there's I don't want to say it's faceless because in, in most horror movies you do identify with some of the characters before they get killed, but. Um, in mm-hmm. some way, they're um, they're almost random in the sense of you don't really know this peop these people in real life. Um, well, yeah, it's it, it's like owning a gun. It's in it, it's uh it's impersonal. Before we record the closing, is there anything you know? Do you want to you know pitch again? Anything that you're working on at the moment? Or yeah, the only thing really I got going on right now because of the times we're in and I need extra funds <laughs> is mm. uh excuse me, my Etsy shop, which is uh savvy morph industries. It's mostly, it's open at the moment. I'm still working on getting more product on there, mainly the masks and things, but we got the, uh, uh, t- uh soon we'll be having the, uh, alien soaps. I got a, a few t-shirts of original designs on there, that sort of stuff. Um, I do take commissions from time to time too. You just have to inquire and, uh, if I'm available and I, it's within my means, uh, we could work something out. All right. Well, thank you very much for being our guest this evening. And uh, also thank you to anyone out there listening. Again, please do come visit us at horrormakesushappy.com. We'll have a schedule posted there to show who you were interviewing next, as well as a list of the people we'd like to interview. Uh, if you can help us connect with any of those people, or if you know somebody who'd like who you'd like to have added to the list, let us know. Uh, you can also become a Patreon subscriber or you know, buy our merch. Uh, link to our social media. In general, just come let us know how we're doing. Horrormakesushappy.com. <laughs>